transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. So our topic is targeted therapy to reduce relapse of pediatric leukemia. My guest is Dr. John Perry. Dr. Perry is a researcher at Children's Research Institute at Children's Mercy, an assistant professor at the University of Kansas Medical Center. Dr. Perry, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's just start off with understanding a little bit about um, the the whole uh, relapse phenomenon here. First of all, who's at most risk for relapse? Well, it depends on the type of uh, leukemia. Um, and some of the leukemias are at very low risk, but others such as um, what's known as AML, acute myelogenous leukemia, have relapse rates that are around 50%. Um, They tend to be more rare, which is good, but um, of course they still end up being um, hundreds of pediatric patients and uh, thousands of adult patients every year. Um, The problem with relapse is that it you know, once you've gone down that road, you have to escalate the therapy. Um, your treatment options become fewer, and they become much more severe, and they cause much worse uh, side effects. Um, so it's it's a huge problem, and it's not as well understood as what we would like it to be. And relapse also has a poor outcome as well, right? So the survival is not all that great if you do happen to go down that path, right? Yeah. So say there are certain leukemias, like in pediatric patients, there are certain types that are more than 90% cure rates. But for that 10% that are not cured and that do relapse, afterwards it becomes less than half. You know, the majority uh, then will not survive say, beyond five years after relapse. Um, so your your chances diminish at that point. Um, so understanding that and getting a handle on it to cure it, but also to just avoid um, ever going down that path to begin with, because even if you do cure it, you're going to have such severe treatment that you're going to have long-term side effects that are not going to be good. Right, right. And I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more. But before we do, what what do you think? What What's the theory then why some leukemias have a higher chance of relapse? And I guess another way of asking the question, Dr. Perry, is, is why do some residual leukemia cells persist in some patients? What do we know about that? Well, that's a really good question. Um, there are two major theories, and they're not necessarily different. You know, they don't... Um, necessarily uh, exclude the other one. Um, One of them is the cancer stem cell model. Um, That's basically where a cancer will be like a normal tissue in one sense and that it will be maintained and and start with a stem cell-like population. And those stem cells are very rare and they're relatively resistant to the the therapies. Um, So they persist, you can kill almost the entire cancer, 99.9 or more percent of the cancer, but these very rare cells uh, persist and they have the ability to redevelop the the cancer. Um, 
The other one is just that cancers are really the product of evolution. They evolve, and they evolve in part by being very diverse. There's uh, multiple different clones of the various cancer cells that are genetically uh, distinct. And you can kill perhaps the vast majority of them, but just because of the diversity, um, inevitably, in many cases, uh, some will will persist, and then they'll reestablish the cancer later on as they evolve. Um, and those theories could both could be true, and both are true to to different degrees, depending mm-hmm. on the particular patient and depending on the particular type of cancer. And of course, your cancer stem cells are also diverse, and they can also evolve. So that's that's really you know why that happens, but why it happens in particular patients versus others are things that we still need to learn a lot right. about. So you kind of touched on this a little bit. Obviously, if if a patient does relapse. Um, the therapeutic options at that point aren't all that great, and it usually it just means more toxic chemo, right? So, is, so tell us a little bit about why, in your research, you decided to look more at some of these targeted therapies to reduce relapse, um, knowing that there's not much we can do for somebody who is re- other than giving a lot more toxic drugs. So, tell us a little bit about how you got into this research. Yeah, so initially, um, I was trying to understand how just normal stem cells make more of themselves, and we ended up using different uh, different mouse models in order to study the process um, where you would alter different genetic pathways that would allow or even drive uh, stem cells to make more of themselves. Um, and that was for the purpose of ultimately... Um, you know, expanding normal cells in culture potentially for for therapy. Of course, in in making this mouse model where we had just this large expansion of normal stem cells, uh, that that mouse model, um, you know, once you alter its DNA to do that, it didn't just you know accumulate a bunch of normal stem cells and everything was okay. Um, it ended up getting leukemia, and it got leukemia because some of those previously normal stem cells, by altering uh, those genetic pathways, they formed leukemia stem cells, and that fed the tumor, uh, the cancer growth. Um, And so we knew what we had done in order to form those leukemia stem cells, and so it was a matter of doing a, a drug screen to find out what could inhibit that process. And surprisingly, uh, the thing that could inhibit it the best was a long-used chemotherapeutic agent um, called doxorubicin. There's a whole class of drugs that are very similar, and they have been long-used chemotherapeutic agents, um, but we found that it could actually inhibit this process at a very low dose. Mm. And so the idea then became, well, we're not just going to use it at its maximally tolerated dose, like chemotherapy, like the whole theory of chemotherapy is, um, we're going to use it as a targeted therapy just to inhibit these leukemia stem cells. And to make a long story short, we were able to do that in the mouse model, and preliminary evidence suggests we can do it in, in patients as well. Wow, that's nice. So just to kind of summarize, what you're saying is a low-dose doxorubicin was able 
to inhibit the the leukemia stem cells right from feeding uh, that the feeding I guess actually creating more tumor creating relapse essentially um, in in the yeah. mouse model. So where are we at with this? That's always my question. What great science? What's great great research that you're doing? Where are we at in the process of bringing this into clinical practice? Well, we're at a reasonably advanced stage, all things considered, but that is still a long way off. There's a lot of resistance to changing um, current protocols, especially for pediatric patients. Um, so there's a lot of work to do in terms of, uh, you know, getting around some of the regulations um, in order to uh, make this current practice. But there is a different formulation of the drug that actually has lower exposure of the drug but works better. And so they're going to use... Um, that in a, in a clinical trial comparing that different formulation that's actually lower exposure of the drug to just the normal treatment. And I'm in the process of getting some of those samples so I can look to see if this is actually inhibiting that leukemia stem cell in those ones that right. were given the lower exposed dose. And then hopefully we can, we can move it further along. Yeah, it's fascinating work, Dr. Perry. You know, in summary, what would you like general pediatricians, general practitioners, nurse practitioners, what would you like for them to know about reducing relapse of pediatric leukemia? Well, I would like them to know that a lot of the drugs that they're using aren't always doing exactly what it's been advertised that they do. They have a lot of different kinds of effects. One of the things I see with the lower dose treatment is it actually stimulates the immune system to help kill the cancer. Now, current practice, they use a high dose, and that's actually immunosuppressive. It kills the immune system. Not necessarily a good idea. Um, and also, just especially for, for oncologists, that more is not always better. You know, it seems that that particular field, you would never, in, in any other practice of medicine, you would never think, you know, well, if I take two aspirin, it's, it, it's good so I should just take the whole bottle. Nobody would ever think that. But for cancer therapy, it's always more, more, more. And uh, more is not always better. (laughs) Very, very nice. I want to thank you, Dr. Perry, for the work that you're doing. This research is really fascinating. Um, And I hope uh, and wish you much success as you continue to study how to reduce relapse of pediatric leukemia. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics of Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.